the Lord wants us to have an abundant life and we should have an abundant life. And there's also personal responsibility in there to take care of ourselves. And I have such a passion for that, like teaching people the the knowledge that I have on how to take care of ourselves. I love having these conversations and talking about that because there's so much that we can do to really empower ourselves and to live our best life. I'm Tina. I'm a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy, and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we're going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. Eating right and staying fit can be a constant struggle for busy women, and I I know it is for me. I always have the best intentions, but when I slip up on eating healthy or working out, I get discouraged. When I get discouraged, I start to lose hope that I'll ever be able to get back in control, and it just spirals from there. Today, we are chatting with Dr. Jess Cummings a physical therapist who understands how difficult it can be to make right choices for yourself and your family. Jess shares some practical, accessible tips that we can take today that will drastically improve our family's relationship with food and fitness. Jess, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about you and your family? I'm Dr. Jess Cummings, and I am a physical therapist a mom of three. I have two boys. My daughter's in the middle. My kids are eight, six, and four. So I believe Tina, our kids are the same age, right? So um, exact same age. I just don't have three boys. <laughs> and um, I own and run a business with my husband, Tim, out of our home. We do physical therapy and wellness. So that's been a fun adventure. We have been doing this since, oh gosh, 2017 practicing physical therapy since 2010, but business owners since 17. And I'm also a brand new homeschool mom as of this past year. So life is always an adventure and always exciting in our home. So in all of that crazy and just everything going on, how have you personally been able to make fitness or physical activity a priority? I mean, I know it's your job, but how do you (laughs) How do you work it in? How do you do that? Yes. So, you know, I would say I have it easier than most probably because I have a home gym. You know, since we work from home, we have all the equipment here. Um, Everyone is different. Like we talk to a lot of our clients about this as we're trying to figure out strategies to get them moving better. A lot of our clients are already active and that's kind of who we target um, to see in our practice. But if they are not, um, that's a lot of conversations we have with people is trying to figure out, you know, okay, when is a good time to exercise? How can we work around, you know, your schedule and your family and the things that you have going on? Working from home just provides for me a lot of flexibility. To be completely honest, I was not nearly as physically active when I worked 10-hour shifts before my husband and I owned our own business. Um, I was just absolutely exhausted. You know, days I worked, um, I would occasionally work out at the clinic that I worked at because we had weight equipment in the gym. So I would spend my lunch hour occasionally, you know, getting out there, doing some squats and various things with weights. But 
it was tough because you don't want to get super sweaty for a full afternoon of patience. And that's the only downtime I had in my day. So, you know, after you spend all morning with back-to-back clients talking to people, like I just wanted to sit and be alone and I had notes to do and things like that. So, um, so I would occasionally do that. I, I used to work two, two shifts, two tens, and then I would have three days where I was home with my kiddos. Um, so really just trying to fit that in on my off days and weekends. Um, now I have a lot more flexibility and the way that I have structured my exercise program is quick and effective. Like I've got 30 minutes or I'm prepping dinner. I go out to the gym to do one thing, come back in and put something on the stove, go back out and do another set or, you know, every day kind of looks a little bit different, but I've tried to really make it short and sweet. And if I have time, I can exercise longer, but every day is different. And with a history of autoimmunity and things like that, I talked to a lot of clients about this for women. I think we tend to think of, you know, oh my gosh, I just need to exercise as much as possible. And if I just had two hours a day to exercise, but to be completely honest, like we talked about even before we started recording, life is insane and everybody is stressed out to the max. And that's just unfortunately part of American culture. And I love our country. I love a lot of things about living here, but our culture is very fast paced and Most people are eating meals on the go because their kids are involved in a thousand different things or they're involved in a thousand different things. And it does a number on us health-wise. And if we're adding an hour or an hour plus of exercise on every day, the body actually can't differentiate that type of good stress with stress stress. And so it can actually just cause your body to be in the state of you know, you're really not as healthy as you think you are. So, you know, I don't exercise every day, but I also don't have a desk job. So my lifestyle is pretty active in general. And then maybe three, four days a week, I'm doing some hit and some strength training and trying to get out for walks and things like that. Well, you talked about when you were still working, going to the office, doing your two ten shifts and everything that there was just so much and you were exhausted. And, and now you're in this position where you, you are home all the time and you're, you know, you've got your kids there and, and everything else. How do you decide what to give up to try to prioritize fitness? How do you, how do you make that the priority? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say my husband and I actually started our business for a lot of reasons. Um, One of those was we want more time as a family, you know, shift work. If any of you who are listening work shifts, you would probably agree it's not the most ideal for families. (laughs) You're gone a long day. There's no family meals during the week. You are wearing yourself out like you're pretty exhausted. But, you know, I tell this to a lot of people because I've heard this from other women and other moms. Well, I don't want my kids to see me sweat. I don't like working out in front of people. That is the best example that you can give your kids. So it's one of those things like, I mean, my poor kids are have two PT parents. I mean, this is just normal in our house. Like, yeah, mom and dad lift a lot of weights. Like we're just, they, they kind of come and hang out in the gym to the point where our youngest split his head open on our squat rack. Not our fault. The kid, legit, he was just standing there. I don't know how he managed to fall backwards. <laughs> our youngest, it is just totally <laughs> and third children, right? And so, you know, took him to the dock, one staple, no problem. He did great. <laughs> But, you know, I I would encourage safety, of course. But, you know, our kids, like, it's normal for them to hang out with mom and dad and to do food prep. Like, my older two kids have started learning to use knives and they help me in the kitchen and and we make it age appropriate and, you know, as safe as possible. But to me, that's important that they understand what it takes to provide healthy food for a family at a young age and that this is just normal. Like, we make all of our food and we do that every day and it's a family thing. And, mommy needs to work out. Like my kids are pretty good about playing, you know, I can go out in the gym now and and they're old enough now, you know, of course, when you have babies, 
it's just an exhausting season when they have to be watched constantly. But that's what baby gates are for, <laughs> you know, and if anyone's listening and and you go on YouTube, you can check out RestoreThrive.com. I actually did a video post oh, a while back now, because I saw it the other day as like a throwback Thursday. I was like, oh my gosh, he was so little. <laughs> Our youngest, um, I think he was like one maybe, and he is four and a half now. But Tim did a, a video with me and, and our youngest. And it was me just explaining how you can work out with a toddler or with an infant. Like you can do squats, you can do squat presses, you can do a floor press, you can do various things. The kids love it because they're involved with you. And to them, I mean, he's laughing through the whole thing. And that was a lot of how I got my exercise in when they were little, little. And now they're old enough where they can just play or they can come hang out with me and I'll give them a couple of things to do. But I strongly feel it is so important for us women to be exercising in front of our kiddos, especially our girls, so they can see mommy is strong. Mommy prioritizes her health. She takes care of herself. This is normal. This is what we do. And hopefully that will instill good habits in them as they age as well. Did you do a lot of walking with your kiddos in the stroller or did you wear your babies? Anything like that? Yeah. You know, I did buy a double stroller when, because my older two kids are 22 months apart. So Um, once we had my daughter who is our middle, definitely I got in the double stroller. I remember like that was my main source of exercise at that time, because again, I was just so overwhelmed. I, you know, have a toddler, I'm nursing a baby, I'm working (laughs) shift work. Like it was, I was not working out the way that I work out now. And for those listening, I do want to encourage that as well. You, I think a lot of times we have to get out of this idea of the way I worked out when I was single or when I'm 16, or, you know, like, that is not always how it looks. And sometimes you have to break it into a 10 minute session here and a 10 minute session here. Some days it may look ideal, and it's great. And you get your whole session in. And sometimes you just need to dial it back a little bit, depending on your season of life. You know, I was sleep deprived at the time I had a nursing infant. No, I don't need to be doing 60 minutes of hit or, you know, things like, like that would have been too much for my body. And so walking was a lot of it then. And absolutely, I had my double stroller. I remember walking the neighborhoods a ton. And just in general with baby carrier, even just doing stuff around the house with a baby who's heavy and you're carrying them and there's all sorts of amazing carriers, right? Um, that's a workout. Like that's, you're carrying around extra weight. And so I remember cooking and I mean, there, it wouldn't have happened if I didn't have carriers. Oh my gosh, they're a godsend. <laughs> I remember with my daughter, I was like, why did I never wear my first? What is wrong? I would have gotten way more done. (laughs) But you just don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know until you have the second and you just have to because that's the only way you're going to get anything done. (laughs) I also loved that you touched on the fact that you include your three in, well, at least the older two, in meal prep. And I've sometimes it's easier than other times. I try to do that as well. And something that I've stressed with the boys, it seems so simple, but just the concept that food is fuel. Mm -hmm. So just like we're putting fuel in the van or whatever, like we need to fuel our bodies. And so I'm sounds like that's something that you're doing as well with your children. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I completely agree with you, Tina. Um, my mantra, like food is medicine. And, and I can speak to, to that and attest to that because I healed Graves disease and Hashimoto's with just like lifestyle change and food. And food is only one piece of that, right? Like sleep is super important. Um, we need to be optimizing our sleep. We need to be managing our stress. We need to be moving in some sort of capacity. <laughs> um, but then there's the food piece. And as you said, like it is our fuel, whatever we put into our bodies, like that is what our body is using 
to sustain life. So it should be quality food sources. And if that's not happening, it causes all sorts of health issues. And I've seen this in my clients too. So this is not just like my personal story coming out, but um, like, for example, I have an older client I was seeing last week and she was telling me she struggles with type two diabetes. She knows how to manage it with food and lifestyle. And for the most part she can, but when her A1C goes up, she she'll pinpoint it and she'll call it out. Like, yep, it's my fault. I've been having too much sugar and ice cream and chocolate. And (laughs) so she knows exactly what she needs to do to get under control. And she came in last week and it was so cool because she was like, I got rid of sugar again. And it's amazing. Like my shins don't hurt anymore. My back doesn't itch. I mean, symptoms that even, even though I know a lot and I can usually associate certain symptoms when patients complain of things with certain, you know, lifestyle factors, whether it's food or sleep or whatnot. It's just amazing to me, the things that she was telling me, like certain weird symptoms that I never would have put together with it's a blood sugar problem, you know, and she's having too much sugar things that she's noticed have gone away. It's so cool. I mean, it's amazing. So when we take care of ourselves, like it really, it's so good for us. You know, our life is so much better. And that's what, you know, I am so passionate about is a high quality of life. Having the kids around, like, again, just like I mentioned, the exercise piece of things, when you teach them to take care of themselves by making their food, eating clean, like that's just normal. And they're going to grow up thinking this is just what we do. You told me in the past that you do a lot of meal prep ahead of time. You, how much chicken do you cook at once? I have to credit, um, I'm forgetting the author's name right now, but the cookbook is Cook Once, Eat All Week. And she has a website called fedandfit.com as well. And those are all of her recipes. So I can attest that they are kid approved. Like they're all really yummy. We've gone through that entire cookbook and made all the recipes in there and all of our family loves them. And then all the stuff I've made from her on her Fed and Fit website is also very tasty. Um, but that has helped a ton. And honestly, I can't exactly tell you how much I've cooked at one. Like it's been a lot. Like I've cooked four whole chickens at one time. I have two big roasting pans and what she'll do, her cookbook, the cook once eat all week is super helpful because it gives you your grocery list for the week. It's already like there. And then she will tell you, depending on how many people you have in your family, do you need to double, you know, the recipes. And so for our family, we double them. So I have my grocery list. She walks through how do you prep and store all the food on your food prep day. And then you have your recipes for the week and it takes like 15 minutes to put together your recipes. So we were actually gifted that by one of my husband's patients, oh, a Christmas or two ago. And it was awesome because, you know, like I understand the importance of eating healthy, but I get exhausted from cooking too, because I cook almost all of my meals from scratch. And so it's exhausting. And sometimes mom is just tired. And sometimes I snap at my kids too, just to encourage you moms out there. Like, you know, they're, they're so sweet. Mommy, can we help? Nope. Nope. Just get out of the kitchen. Mommy needs some space. And you know what? That's okay too. Like they don't always have to be involved in every single thing. Um, but as far as food prep is concerned, that was really helpful because to be honest, I am not creative enough to come up with the meals myself and then, okay, these are the like four or five meals I'm making this week. And you know, this is how I'm going to food prep. Like I just, I'm a business owner. So like decision fatigue is a real thing. (laughs) I did not even know what that was until I became a business owner. And I'm like, oh yes, I like cannot make one more decision. (laughs) So um, I would highly recommend that cookbook. It's very helpful. It walks you through step-by-step. You don't have to think about anything. So yeah, I found it here. It's um, 
by Cassie Joy Garcia. Thank you. Yes. Does that sound right? Yep. That sounds right. Okay. And the other thing too, what you were saying about just struggling with like, maybe you grab, you know, like you watch your kids because you make all their food, but then, you know, what are you eating yourself? And, you know, something that I think has really helped our family and we're, I don't even want to use the word like blessed or fortunate, but we kind of did a lot of research. Like we didn't eat this way years ago. We revolutionized kind of our lifestyle and our diet. Gosh, in the first year after my oldest was born, so it's probably about seven years ago. And again, like personal story, like that was life changing for us. But kid food should not be a thing. Like it, it just shouldn't, you know, if your whole family eats the same thing, your whole family eats the same thing. Like you, you buy what you're going to make. So you don't have a bunch of junk food in the house. <laughs> and I am guilty enough buying chips here and there and just, you know, different things. And I know it's like, you have it in the house, you're going to eat it. So, you know, we just typically we, we plan our food and that helps not only with our grocery budget, but also like, well, we don't have junk because I didn't buy it from the store. And so we have what we have, you know, this is what we're eating this week and this is what we're prepping and that's helped. And, you know, so my kids, like they just eat whatever we eat for dinner and whatever, like our whole family. And to be honest, like I don't have time to cook two or three different meals. So um, my kids have learned that from the start. I've had friends and clients where, you know, it, truly it is a challenge when your kids are used to eating mac and cheese and, you know, different things. And then maybe, you know, mom goes through a health crisis and talks to a dietitian and learns the importance of whole foods and clean foods and things like that. And she needs to make a change, but then you get resistance from dad or from the kids. And it's legit. It's hard. It's hard to make those changes, but you know, that lack of support can be really, um, can be really difficult on the whole family and on mom, especially if she's the one that needs to make some changes. So, um, I would just encourage moms out there, like have your kids eat everything from day one or from whenever they start solids and, like that will go much easier for you as your kids age when everyone's on the same page and you're all eating the same thing and there's not, you know, the kid food and the Cheez-Its and the, you know, all those things. So what's a good way to implement the better nutrition? I'm a, I'm assuming that not everybody on their and their whole family should just like, okay, we are switching to keto or, oh, it's whole 30 or nothing, you know, like, like how do you implement uh, good nutrition. We talk to a lot of our clients about this because to be honest, keto is like the thing right now. It's not great for a lot of women. It just isn't <laughs> women, especially your thyroid, your hormones, you need some healthy forms of carbohydrates. And that can be potatoes, starchy things, rice, fruits, um, vegetables are a carbohydrate. It's just hard to eat enough of them to truly get the amount of carbs that you need. So depending on you and your genetics and your body, it may be different, but, um, whole foods, foods that are not boxed and not filled with a bunch of processed sugar. If there are 20 different ingredients on a label and you can't pronounce any of them, it's probably not something you should pick up from the store. So just a little bit of general advice. If you need specifics and you're wondering, you know, what do I eat for me? Like, it's great to meet with an awesome integrative dietitian who can really do some testing on you and make it personalized. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I think that was the thing that Tim and I have done for years is, you know, basic meals. And, you know, I didn't know this growing up, all of our vegetables were like boiled, no salt, no, nothing on they tasted awful. So of course, as a kid, like I hated vegetables. Now as an adult, I roast a lot of things. I put spices on them. They actually taste really good when you put some spices on them. So, you know, but what we did with my oldest, I did make purees for him because he was my first. I didn't have other children. I had some time. You don't have to do that as a mom, but I chose to do that and wanted to do that. 
And then I had done some research with our second two on baby led weaning, basically the concept of, you know, kids need to learn to chew their food before they swallow. So they learn to chew so they don't choke versus you give a bunch of purees and they swallow. They learn to swallow first before they learn to actually chew. And so, you know, for those listening, like no judgment, no pressure, you know, that's just like I had read that and it really resonated with me like, oh, yeah, well, that makes perfect sense to me. And I don't really have time to make purees with my second and my third kids. So um, they were breastfed and all the way up until like six or seven months. I think what they say with baby led weaning is once baby can sit up independently and they have good trunk control, they're ready to start trying solids. So what we're told now is shove down rice cereal, they'll sleep through the night, you know, and really like that's not normal developmentally. They don't need rice cereal. And talk to your pediatrician. I am not a pediatrician. I don't want to give you guys like advice there, but this is my personal experience and what I researched and found was helpful for my family. So with my second two, we just skipped the rice cereals and we breastfed and waited until they were sitting up. And then it was like, here's a banana. Here's an avocado. Here's some mashed sweet potatoes. And we just let them start experimenting with food. And to be honest, it was terrifying because I'm like, I know what I've read. They're going to be fine. Like we didn't have issues. And it was really cool to watch our kids developmentally where they just pretty much got whatever we got within reason, you know, and, and softer to start with. And they figured it out. And they ate what we had and they were nursed until one and gradually gave them solid foods, including meat. And they, they would spit a lot of things out. If they couldn't figure it out, they'd, you know, work it around their mouth and then like they'd spit it out or they'd swallow it and figure it out. And it was just really cool. So that was really helpful for our family. And I feel like if you're trying to start your kid from, from day one or, you know, from scratch when they're starting whole foods or starting solid foods um, on a whole foods diet, like that's kind of the way to go. Like make sure that's what they're eating from the start. They don't need a bunch of processed food. And if you look at a lot of different things like juice and, you know, it's like the first ingredient is usually sugar. And so sugar is addicting for our brain and our poor kiddos. If we're giving them all of these snacks and just, you know, various things and it's full of sugar. Well, yeah, like that's what their palate learns to crave and develop and their brain craves that. And so it's just kind of this vicious cycle. That's my experience. And that's what, what worked best for our family. But I get that comment all the time from people about, how well behaved my kids are and they're such good eaters and I wish I could take credit. It's just because they've had whole food from from day one. Like this is just normal for them. They eat what we eat, they eat everything. They're typically not very picky. And because they don't get a lot of food dyes and added sugar, their behavior is pretty good. Not because of me. I'm not doing anything. They're just well rested and well fed. And I think that really does make a huge difference. So when you're trying to make make those changes to maybe a more whole food type diet, what's a a realistic way to start changing from, I don't know, if you've done more of the processed foods, the quick, easy meals, what is a doable way to do that so that your new habit will stick? Start with one meal or one thing first, because it's so hard. Like it's so hard to change habits. And when you're a busy mom and you're working and, you know, you're doing it, like, it's just so overwhelming to make a lifestyle change. So what I would suggest is if it's just getting rid of soda or juice for your children, just cut that out. You know, start with one thing that you feel like for you is manageable for you and your family or for your kids. Start with that. See how that goes when that gets easy. Okay, let's try something else. Um, I've encouraged a lot of clients over the years to start with one meal 
you know, maybe it's just breakfast. Okay. Like lunch and dinner. I know I'm eating out or I'm eating a bunch of processed food. I don't have time. Okay, fine. Like let's start with breakfast, just simplest meal or, you know, things like that. So one small, simple change at a time, wait till that gets easy and then pick something else that you feel like is manageable. And that will be the better way to go than just trying to revolutionize everything. Like, right. That's so overwhelming. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't recommend that like that. That would be ideal, but like most people cannot do that and actually stick with that. So do you have any good maybe substitutions for a lot of those habits? Like, oh, instead of pop, do you suggest like the bubbly water type stuff? Or Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the first thing, honestly, that comes to my mind is there's so much sparkling water that's flavored out there. And we even buy that on occasion to have around the house. It's just night, like typically we drink water only and a whole lot of coffee. <laughs> I know that a lot of people need to give up coffee because too much caffeine does a number on us. Don't talk to me about that. Like I wouldn't say I have too much, but I love my coffee and I have it every morning. Um, but yes, I mean, if you're a soda person, try switching to some sparkling water that's flavored or something else that kind of has a similar feel. Habits are, they're difficult to break. And I think all of us would probably agree with that. So instead of taking something away, what can, we, like you said, what can we replace it with? Because it will be more successful for you versus just trying to get rid of something. And so there was a period of time after one of my kids where I was concerned about adrenal fatigue. Now I was not in adrenal fatigue. I did some testing and turns out I was fine, but I was a little bit concerned about that. And so I was trying to cut out coffee in the morning or being really good about drinking a bunch of water with some electrolytes in it before I had my coffee instead of just waking up and having coffee. And that was really hard. And I don't feel like I need coffee, but especially this time of year when it's what, three degrees outside right now, (laughs) that warmth in the morning, that's a habit for me. Like I love the taste of coffee. I enjoy having coffee in the morning. I don't feel particularly tired, but that's my habit and I love it. So um, there's a tea called Tea Chino, which I'm not a big tea person, but it has a very similar taste to coffee. And so I had switched to that. It's acid-free and it's caffeine-free. So when I was trying to avoid the coffee in the morning and get rid of caffeine for a time, it was super helpful. And I really enjoy it. I'm actually, I have a cup right next to me because I don't need coffee in the afternoon. So (laughs) I'm sitting here with a cup of the mint mocha ticino and it's delicious. So anyways, um, things like that. But I think just, you know, instead of trying to just cut out a habit, cold turkey, um, you know, find something that's a little bit, there's a ton of chips out there. I had just had this conversation actually two or three weeks ago with another client of mine about the chips she was eating. There's usually a bunch of um, oils that aren't great for us in them. And there's several brands of chips now that uh, there's like cassava flour chips by the Siete brand. Um, I'm corn and gluten sensitive, so I don't usually eat chips like that, but it's really fun. They're delicious. And it's fun to have a chip that doesn't have grains in it. And then um, there are some veggie chips that are cooked in coconut oil and avocado oil now out there as well. And I'm Terra, I think is the brand. Um, they actually, I think, sell them at Costco. Not always, but I've seen them there too. So, you know, things like that. If you are those, you know, if you're a chip person, there, I think there's a lot of great alternatives for a lot of things that you can kind of gradually switch over to. So when taking all of, you know, physical fitness and nutrition and everything into account, do you have any, I don't know, scripture or anything that that sticks out in your mind that encourages you to continue to take care of yourself even on days that that is hard or maybe it's something that you share with your children to show the importance of taking care of our bodies as far as like God says so? I do have a scripture verse that I think of a lot. And I actually have our friends, Frank and Regina Merritt, who 
developed something called Vitality Pro. Tim and I um, will give our clients something called the Vitality Pro Age Assessment, which essentially tells you how fast you're aging. And then it also it gives you like an overall number, but then it ranks um, your age in five different categories as well. So we can really tailor your training to where your weak link is. So really cool test. But Frank is an ER doc in Florida and his w- beautiful wife, Regina, is a PT. So they're an awesome power couple and they're the ones that developed Vitality Pro. And Tim and I went down there to get trained in that years ago, I think a few years ago now. Um, But this is kind of their slogan on their things. And I will tell you, I have thought about it ever since because I have never before looked at this verse in this way as far as like relating it to a healthy lifestyle. But it's John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I just think that like an abundant life is what God wants for us. And we have sin in this world, right? This world is broken and it's fallen. So we will be sick. I mean, we were not designed to experience death, but we will (laughs) because we are sinful and this world is fallen. But um, when I think about that abundant life, I think like that's what, that's what God wants for us. Like that is how he designed us to have an abundant life. He has a plan and a purpose for each of us, but there's also personal responsibility. Like we should take care of ourselves because like we house the Holy Spirit if we are believers. And so, um, I think when we have these habits that really, um, they make us sick, you know, whether it's, we, go, 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 go. We don't sleep. You know, we, we choose to eat certain things that we maybe know aren't great for us. And then we feel badly because of that, or we have, you know, certain health conditions because of what we're doing to ourselves. It doesn't serve anybody well, and it doesn't serve us well. Like we talked about earlier when mama isn't well, no one in the family does well. And I can attest to that. Like I was not as healthy um, as I am now. After having my son, I had a lot of thyroid problems with him afterwards. And it was absolutely life-changing when we changed our diet and when we started realizing how important sleep is and blue light exposure and how that impacts our sleep and really trying to make some quality changes. Like I can honestly tell you, I wake up every day for the most part, most days of the week feeling rested and ready to conquer the day. And that makes me a more patient mom and a more patient wife. And I am not by any means perfect. You can ask my husband and children. (laughs) I screw up every day, but, um, I do see a huge change in how I can handle the stressors of life and, um, just how I handle things from day to day, um, the way that I live now versus before. So I really like when I saw that verse on their slogan for vitality pro, it really stuck with me. And, um, I think about that a lot now that, the Lord wants us to have an abundant life and we should have an abundant life. And there's also personal responsibility in there to take care of ourselves. And I have such a passion for that, like teaching people the the knowledge that I have on how to take care of ourselves. I love having these conversations and talking about that because I feel like women really are not served well in our medical community in a lot of facets. And there's so much that we can do to really empower ourselves and to live our best life. So often I find myself trying to I, I don't know, just survive, you know, where, where is that abundant life, that, that thriving? It, it's so hard. I just, I just want to make it all work. Um, now, that's why I love the name that you and Tim chose for your business. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Our business name is Restore Thrive. And there's a reason why we have the Thrive in there, because it's not 
for us, it's not good enough just to restore somebody to where they were at pre-injury or pre-pain. We really, truly want them to thrive, to be an even better version of themselves coming out of their time with us, you know, than when they came in, um, even though they were injured. So um, that that word thrive really resonates with us. And I agree with you. I think that needs to be all of our mantra. Our website's restorethrive.com. And then um, you can find us at Restore Thrive on YouTube and then just Restore Thrive on Facebook and Instagram as well. And I love, love, love chatting with moms, with other women. Again, it's one of my passions. So if any of you listening wants to chat with me about a health question, or even if I can't answer it, I know a ton of people in town. And our podcast is actually the Healthy Kansas City podcast. And we interview, um, I mean, you name it, like every type of health and wellness provider you can imagine, we try to bring on the podcast. So even if I can't answer your questions, or I don't know how to help you, I can certainly lead you in the right direction. so much again to Jess for coming on to the podcast. Like Jess said, commit to doing just one thing today that will lead towards long-term habit change. I've worked with Jess and Tim in the past and appreciate their practical approach to health and fitness. All the links to find Jess and any of the things we talked about on the show today will be in the show notes.